FFM Productions presents Two Wild Orchids. Not your mother's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sean Lee. And I'm Lauren. <laughs> we are the Two Wild Orchids. Huh. And we're the place to come for sex and fun and for Lauren to <laughs> break her phone. Yeah, if you want to break a phone, just give it to me. Trust me, I'm the person that'll do it, like, very well. You know, I used to break phones all the time. I don't as much anymore, but I sent off some kind of vibration that would just break every phone, cell phones, cordless phones, corded phones. It didn't matter. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that you gave me that wavelength. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I had to tag someone. It was getting expensive for me. (laughs) (laughs) So you said you had a clusterfuck of a week. Oh, my God. Tell us, all of us, we're listening. I don't even want to bore everyone with the nonsense. Give us the sexy highlights. Oh, wait, can I get you? Can I make you? Okay, as Lauren is jacking with her phone, in case you're just tuning in to us for the very first time, you should know that I am Sean Lee, and I live in South, I don't live in South Africa. I live in South Florida. you live in South Florida, and I live in South Africa. So as we record this podcast to you, occasionally we get together face-to-face, and as we did in our earlier episodes, but for the most part, we do this via Skype on the phone while Lauren is jacking with something, and she's technologically (laughs) not savvy. Let's say that about her. Lauren is not techno-savvy. We will just put it out there. <laughs> so anyway, tell us about your week that you've been saying is so fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, God. So, like, remember I told you I had to fly to Johannesburg for this interview? Yes, yes. I got an interview letter a few weeks ago stating what they were going to, quote, unquote, interrogate me on. during the And the, the, and the interview is for what? Let's let everybody know. The interview is for a project management qualification that is only South African-based. Oh, okay. So I have an international project management qualification, but if I want to work in South Africa and I want to work on government projects, I should probably have this qualification. It's not a necessity. It's a nice to have. Okay. So you go and you rocked it? I did not rock it. Oh, oops. (laughs) There was no rocking involved whatsoever. So they rocked you? Basically, I walked into... A panel of four individuals who stated at the beginning of the interview that architects don't usually get this qualification, which I thought was a great start in interview. Okay. And then they proceeded to interrogate me on statutory regulations in terms of health and safety in South Africa, which, to be fair, I don't need to know because I have a health and safety officer on site all the time. Right, right. And it wasn't anything that was in my interview letter. So they may as well be talking German to me, basically. Oh, bless your heart. That must have been frustrating. It was not fun. So you know what I'm going to say about this, right? (laughs) Okay. Here, okay. So for those of you who have listened for a while, then you probably know this. And those of you who are new to us, you may not. But in any case, I live in South Florida. Yes. Where there's sunshine and palm trees and people vacation here, actually. And I have been after Lauren for some time to move back to the States. Now, given how energetic and fun our podcast is, when we're face-to-face, you can see why this is important to me and it is all about me. So, <laughs> so yes, Lauren... So it, 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 say that this was something that I had to go through in order to understand the dodgeball that was hitting me. Yes, yes. Okay, so I have this theory about dodgeballs, okay? Here's my theory, right? If you you are on your path, right? Life goes along swimmingly and you might've been on your path for a while, but then all of a sudden the universe decides, Hey, you know what? I'm going to shake up your life a little bit. And it throws a little dodgeball at you. And it's a green dodgeball. 
But the longer that you listen or that you ignore the universe's nudges, the bigger those dodgeballs get, the harder oh, they hit, the slimier they are. The slimier the they hard, get, exactly. They're harder to shake off. But it's one of those things that if you listen the first fucking time, then well, <laughs> or the 20th time, but when you wait until the 50th or the 100th time, you're kind of sucks to be you. That's fine. So, so that everybody is aware, this is a big fucking red goddamn slimy dodgeball. <laughs> so, oh, wait, not, let's not forget. Wait, wait, let's not forget you tried to buy a house there and that didn't work either because they yeah. do know about that. Yeah. Oh, but we haven't really discussed that. So, yes, I put in the offer. They never responded. Yeah. Didn't give them an extension of time. So that's a no. So it's a no to my house. It's a no to a yes to have accreditation, which I don't really need to have. So it's looking like Florida is a really good fucking option right now. How long ago did I say that? I'm sorry. Is that an I told you so? It is, isn't it? I, Bad form. No. You know what? Like, can, we, can we wait for the I told you so until we're face to face? What? Okay. We can wait for the I told you so when, it, when we're moving you in. Okay. How about that? We'll have an I told you so podcast party. Okay. We can have an I told you so podcast party. Absolutely. But the good news is you know what's coming. Acceptance is the first rule, Lauren. Admitting you have a problem. <laughs> Yeah, so then there was that, but I had to fly to Joburg for that, which is 980 miles north of Cape Town. So it's, what, a couple hours on a plane? It's a two-hour flight, but it's kind of like driving up to the Carolinas, I suppose. Okay, all right. So I did that. Incidentally, I had a really nice time with family and friends there because I'm from Johannesburg, so I saw people that I knew, and we had lovely dinners. And But I bet after you didn't do well in your interview, you did not have such a lovely time. Well, listen, I popped open a bottle of champagne, and it wasn't such a bad day. <laughs> You know, that's the one thing, Lauren, that I love about us. We will drink champagne, whether it's a good day or a bad day or a, day. Or a mediocre day. <laughs> Listen, my rule in life is that bubbles make everything better. Oh, that's so funny. You know my thing about bubbles, right? You know I had a thing about bubbles? I do. I have bubbles everywhere. And because you can't be mad and blow bubbles. So literally downstairs in my kitchen right now is a big giant thing of bubbles. Well, exactly. Like I have a little bubble jar in the house and if I'm having a bad day, I just blow the bubbles. That's it. You cannot be upset and blow bubbles. Yeah, bubbles make everything make, better. Bubbles do make everything better. <laughs> Whether they're champagne bubbles, soap bubbles. You know, that was it. Then I flew back on Sunday. Then I walked into kind of a shitstorm at the office on Monday because my business partner's away. So I'm in control of the office, which is wonderful, except it's not wonderful. No, everybody wants to be in charge until you're in charge. Yeah, and then you're judging, you're like, fuck. You're like, fuck, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah no, I get it. This is I get it. Jason and I were going through some of our old paperwork from, from the old company, and I have to tell you, as I looked at it, I was like, damn, I had a really good, solid company built that I walked away from because I didn't want to do it anymore. But I digress. <laughs> it's like everybody wants to be in charge until you're in charge. And once I packed everything up and said, here you go, I don't want to be in charge anymore. Nobody really wanted to drive the ship after that. It's interesting. No, it's an amazing kind of space to be in because when I step out of that space of being in charge, it's like, oh, my God, I actually did that. Do you know how, like, you do things and you don't realize you're doing things? Yes. Yes. It's so funny that you say that. I was just going to talk to you about that today when we were on the thing because I had that experience with being at the company Jason and I built. And then as we are getting sponsors and we're getting 
which I have to tell you, I love the sex toy companies sending us their sex toys because oh, what we do. That's <laughs> the most amazing packaging just to like, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Hot Octopus just sent me their uh, Pulse 3 Duo, which is the male vibrator. And uh, it's actually for a couple. And so it's actually got two vibrators in it. One that vibrates his cock and one with a little button that I control that if I'm on top of him vibrates my clit. So there's a learning curve. I have to tell you, there's a learning curve. (laughs) Have you you guys tried this out yet? Okay, so we're going to do a quickie. I think we decided we were going to call our little episodes quickies. So we're going to do a quickie on the on the Guyberator. And then if anybody wants to buy it, they'll be able to buy it right through our website. But the point is, when I was looking back, and I had to tell them how many social media followers I'd had, what things I had done, blah, 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 blah. It was from before when I, you know, because I had my other company, it was before and it was before this show. And I thought, you know, I don't think I really appreciated how much cool stuff I did. I've got like 14,000 Facebook followers or something ridiculous. And that was before we did this show. And so I just think I didn't appreciate it to the level that I appreciate it today. And so I hope as we build this, we continue to be really focused on how cool it is that we get to do this. Me too. Like, I love what we're doing. And I'm kind of in that space at the moment as well, where I'm at work. And I'm kind of doing the in-charge thing. And the in-charge thing is not that comforting. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like hoping when I walk away from it, I go, oh, my God, okay, I did such a good job. Or the company has flourished. And I kind of some perspective on it. Because you know how it is when you're in the middle of something, there's no perspective. But you know what? That's true of everything. And actually, that's really fun because that kind of ties us into actually where we're going today. So I had a really bad dream last night. I, I haven't told anybody this. So you're the first person I've told. I had a really bad dream last night or actually this morning as I was just waking up. It was about Jason and stuff. And I woke up and... I just kind of sat there and I thought, well, this is where you lost that vibration. Cause it was old, like early marriage junk that was in my dream for some reason, but it was a really nice place to sit there and go, well, no, that's true anymore. Why are you getting upset about that? Let's think about something fun. But in another time and place, I wouldn't have had the perspective to step back and go, Hey, maybe this isn't real. I don't think we ever realize how much our feelings lie to us. No. And I think you were the one who said something to me probably a year ago and you said, don't live something, live rent-free in your head. Yes. Yes. Don't let them live rent freely. I think it was about somebody. And I was like, don't let them live rent freely. Yeah. But I use that kind of for everything. Like if I go to bed and have dreams about work, I'm like, it's rent free in my head and it doesn't need to be. I can be thinking about other things. No. And that's the thing is people get to choose what what to think. I know for me, that's been a huge lesson is the idea that I get to choose what I think, that I get to think my thoughts and not let my thoughts think me. And so I got a letter. I I think I told you this because today we're going to talk about strip clubs. Yes, so you got a letter. Okay, so they've been listening to our podcast, which I love. I'm very excited. Dear Shanley and Lauren, I love what you guys are doing when you talk about sex. However, I recently found out that my husband went to a strip club with his buddies. At first, he lied to me because he knew I didn't want him to go. Some people say boys will be boys, and going to a strip club comes with the territory. But I've told him before that I don't approve of this type of behavior. I feel like he's betraying me, and it doesn't seem necessary for a married man to hang out with half-dressed women anyway. What should I do? Well, first of all, they're not half-dressed. They're naked. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of established that really fast. I mean, that, that's <laughs> semantics. She's being nice about it. <laughs> yeah, they're naked. And in some states and in some places, like I don't know how it is in South Africa, but here in Florida, the girls are naked, 100%. Okay, and well, well, I know that yeah, in Oklahoma, they're not. Yeah, so exactly. To digress quickly, in South Africa, as they walk around the strip club, they're not. But if you get a private dance, they will get naked. But as they walk around the strip club, they've usually got a brown panties on of some sort. Well, what about if they're on the stage? Are they naked on stage? 
they will dance on the pole and take off pretty much everything, mostly not their knickers. Is that your way of saying panties? That's my way of saying panties. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, just, just for the Americans in the room. <laughs> yeah, because I was speaking to the owner of a strip club the other day as we go into this and asked him why they don't actually get fully undressed on stage. And he said the reason they don't is because they want to still create some sort of mystery so they will get the lap dance. So Which I hear at the strip clubs haven't brilliant. learned that because they'll get buck ass naked on stage. Yeah, so I was like, well, that's bloody genius. Hey, if any dancers are listening, don't take your panties off. Leave don't your thong on. No, because all men listen. And like from a woman's perspective and a male's perspective, we want to see you fucking buck naked. Because like, I want to see what you look like nude. I want to see your butt cheeks. I want to see if you're shaved or not. I want to see if you're waxed or not. Do you have tattoos there that I don't know about? Damn, girl. <laughs> You see how much mystery it leaves. I never thought about any of that. I, I told you, I just figured out I was bisexual like a couple years ago. So it never dawned on me. I'm still shy about looking sometimes at naked girls. I, I know you are. I've been bisexual for a lot longer than you have. Mm -hmm. But the mystery about a woman always lies down there. I think there's something really sexy about a woman almost completely naked with a thong on. Exactly. Because like, sometimes girls don't have pretty hoo-hahs. Well, exactly. So, I mean, if they do or they don't, the point is if you're in a strip club and you want to get a lap dance, you've got to pay to see that. It's not just oh. open to the public. Okay, so let's go back to the questions. Okay, first of all, my position on strip clubs is go. Go with him and let him go with his friends. It's been my experience that that's the safest place in the world for him. He's safer at a strip club than he is at a sports bar okay, if you're worried so, about him cheating. I agree with you 100% and you and I are on the same page on this. But then I did some research okay. about why girls don't like their men going to strip clubs. Okay, tell me why. Because I'm it's a mystery to me. And you know what? I must accolade this woman who wrote this article. She wrote an article called Why Some Women Hate Strip Clubs and then in parentheses and why they shouldn't. Okay, well, let's give props to the author. What's her name? Her name is Joanna Lyman. And she is currently a stripper, but she used to be, let's call it a like run-of-the-mill marketer or whatever. She had an ordinary job before she was a stripper. Okay, well, let's put a link to her article in the show notes so that she gets some props for it. And she's helping us out today. Yeah, absolutely. So she had a guy come in who came in, incidentally, without his wife. So they used to come in as a couple, but he came in alone, the one evening. Oh, okay. And then she said to him, well, why didn't you bring her? And he said, well, she'll kill me if I knew I was here alone. Okay. Like, if you read the article, which you'll see now, she was really upset with that. Okay, I would be too. Like, she says, like, I hate that. It's unfair. You, you come together. Now you don't come together. What the fuck are you doing, basically? She doesn't say that. I'm kind of using words. Realizing it. Thinking, yeah. But she says in the article, the two most common reasons that women don't like their men to go to strip clubs. Okay. And the first one is the woman doesn't trust her partner. Okay. And she's worried that he's actually having sex in a strip club. Well, now, there are people who do have sex in strip clubs. I just want to say that out loud. Yeah. So she says, now, with the exception of certain places, such mm -hmm. as Vegas or Providence, a strip club is probably the last place you're going to have sex. And I agree with that, especially strip clubs in South Africa. Okay. Like, a strip club is basically the one place that your husband will not be having sex. <laughs> okay. For a certainty, like he's better off going to the equivalent of a Hooters or picking somebody up at a bar and shagging her in his car. <laughs> okay. 
And then the other reason was that she'd be jealous that he's not, he's paying attention to another woman instead of her. Okay. So, and that's probably, so as I did some research on this, but I researched it differently. I went onto Facebook and went into some of the wives groups and I wanted to see what other women were writing about it because I thought I've heard women say that before. And I have been with women and they've been upset about it and I didn't understand it. And so I went on to some of the wives groups and a lot of them were been like, well, what does he need to see somebody else's junk for? And somebody wrote in and said they didn't want him getting all turned on looking at a stripper and then coming home and wanting to have sex with them, which kind of all feeds into that same thing, right? Is that he would be enjoying it, A, or B, yes. then he, they don't trust him. The trust and the enjoyment are two different issues. Agreed. I was going to say, let's take, which one do you want to take first? Do you want to take trust first? Do you want to take enjoyment first? Let's take the enjoyment one first. I know that I used to be guilty of this. So let me just kind of own my shit up front. <laughs> Back in the day when I was massively insecure and I own that insecurity, you know, it's been around so long. It's like a family pet. I own that insecurity of what and who I used to be. And so the idea that my lover would get enjoyment from someone else, I translated that in my mind to as though I were not doing my job. I weren't fulfilling my responsibility as his partner in giving him, quote unquote, all the enjoyment that he needs. The enjoyment that a man is getting from a strip club is only one aspect. What do you mean? He's getting a visual enjoyment. And, and potentially a physical enjoyment. If he's getting a lap dance and she's rubbing her body on him, there's okay. a physical contact. Yes. But, but, I mean, in my mind, Sean has her past issues. I mean, I have a number of other past issues, but this was never one of mine. I never worried about any of my respective others going to a strip club. So I didn't worry about him going to a strip club. Just no, I was I using never, enjoyment no, as a phrase. Okay, go ahead. No, I never worried that I wasn't enough. I never, if he said I'm going to a strip club or if I found out that they were at a strip club and he didn't tell me, I never had a moment of panic going, I'm not enough. I don't think most people language it that way, though. I language it today because I've done enough internal work and personal development work to be able to go, look, it was my issue. But I think the way it shows up for people is in a blame space. In other words, how come you need that? How come you want to do that? You know, what's wrong with me? What's and how come? Me? Right. So I don't think it ever shows up in the space of I don't feel like I'm enough for you. And nobody wants to say, I don't want you having fun without me, because that's a shitty thing to say. So maybe I just, I never thought, what's wrong with me? What did you think? I thought, I'm happy that he's going out to have fun, but I know he's coming home to me. So basically, at the end of the day, I still win. Okay, but now just play this out for a second. We are remarkably blessed, okay? Physically, you and I are both knockouts. Let's just call it what it is. I, no, I'm serious. I accept my shit. Like, does that mean I, I love every part of my body all the time? No, but it means I know that if you hold me up on stage, nobody's going to throw a tomato at me. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, we are both beautiful women. Nobody's going to deny that. Exactly. But there are times in our life we don't feel remarkably beautiful, i.e. after you've had a baby. You know, you've had a child in your body for, you know, however long you've had it and you've gained weight and your clothes don't fit the same and your body isn't the same and whatever, right? Or you've hurt your back at work and you're heavier than you want to be or you know, there's a host of things. You have to yeah, go to the gym, whatever, right? You can't go to gym. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Or you've just been like me and haven't hit the gym in a couple of weeks and because you're a lazy ass and so whatever. The point <laughs> is you're too much bacon, right? Because you and your bacon fetish. No, but, 
<laughs> well, we'll discuss my bacon finish at a later stage. But the point is, is that, that we all have moments where we don't love our bodies or our physical attributes as much as we do other times. What what I'm kind of playing on is that my frame of mind has never had that mentality that it's not okay for my man to go. Whereas you have had that. I have had the mentality that I did not want him sharing in pleasure that I did not give him. But for me, I grew up with naked parents. Like my parents were nudists. I wanted to play some Playboy when I was a kid. Like that has never been my thing. The strip club thing, but I understand why women fear it because A, I don't think they go to them. If you don't know something, that makes it scary right off the top. If it's unfamiliar, it's scary. And the thing is with strip clubs, I have this mentality. It's a saying that I have. And it's like, ladies, if you haven't tried it, don't fucking knock it. Oh, my God. I went to a strip club. I actually went to one with Jason a couple weeks ago. And sitting next to me, because we were sitting at a table, and there was a table next to us, and there were two women and a guy. And I got to chatting with one of the women. We actually exchanged phone numbers and became Facebook friends. Her husband was home sick that night. And she's like, I still wanted to go. It was her sister and her sister's husband and her, and I guess her husband was supposed to go too, but he was sick. So she's like, screw it. I went. (laughs) I was like, you rock on with your bad self. But I think, I think you're right. I think first of all, women, if you are afraid of your man going to a strip club, ask him to take you or go with a bunch of girls. But I highly encourage you to ask him to take you. I I absolutely agree with that. And I was thinking like the two reasons that women go to strip clubs is exactly what you just said. They go with a bunch of girls, mm-hmm. so they're safe and that's absolutely fine. Or they go with their partner. And then what happens when they go with their partner is it becomes a twofold issue. They go with their partner because they want to be there or because they go with their partner because they want to monitor what their partner's doing while they're there. Right. It, for me, I approach life from a very non-judgmental space. I approach life in a very curious space. I wonder why. Yeah, so, well, exactly. So do I. I always so if, wonder why. Right. So I wanted to know, like, I remember I went to my first strip club. I was probably in my, you know what I was in my 20s? I was, Jacob was born. So I was in my 20s. And here's the thing. My first husband didn't take me. It was a guy I was briefly seeing in between my first husband and Jason. There was a brief period there. And that guy took me to one in Dallas. And I remember walking in and seeing a naked girl oh on stage. God. I lived in Oklahoma City for 20 years. And Oklahoma is in the middle of the Bible Belt. So there's not a whole lot of strip clubs in Oklahoma City. Let me just be the first to tell you. As a matter of fact, I think there's two. And one of them, I think, is newer than the other. But for a long time, there was only one place to go in Oklahoma City. There was a strip club. And it was downtown. Well, it wasn't downtown. It was actually kind of off down. It doesn't matter where it was. The point is, there it was. It was smoky and loud and not nice. Like, not nice. I didn't know how bad it was. (laughs) Because I had not been to that many. You didn't know. I didn't know. But the very first one I ever went to was it was called it was it was called I'll never forget it. It said Gentleman's Club. I went and it was very nice and I was really surprised because a stripper came and sat down at the table with us. And I thought, well, this is unique. And I had questions. You know me, I approached the world of curiosity. I wonder why you work here. (laughs) What's it like? Tell me why. And what I have found uh, almost 100% of the time is the girls that I've talked to are girls just like me and you. They are motivated and ambitious women that want to get farther in life. And this is what they have found to do to support their families, to support their schooling, to take care of their children. You know what? I'm not being fair. There's two really good ones. Actually, hang on. I just remember the second one. And it is a really good one. So hang on a second. They're doing something 
to make money. It is a business for them. And we all go to work to make money. A waitress works for tips. Any bartender works for tips. Any waitress works for tips. Why would you fault a woman who glorifies her body? So I'm going to give a shout out really quick because there is a really nice strip club in Oklahoma City and I had forgotten about it. And I feel bad because I know the owners. (laughs) 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 So since I did that, let me give a shout out. Little Darlins in Oklahoma City is a great strip club and it's got an upper scale feel. There's tables and there's chairs and there's multiple stages and there's private areas. So I have to say that little darlings in Oklahoma city got to give a shout out. But when you think about what I think women perceive it to be, it's what you see on television. If you've never been to a strip club, the only experience you have are the movies where, you know, it's always a cop scene, right? Where the guy's in a strip club and you see the girls dancing and he's sitting on perv row, which is that row of chairs right by the stage. It's called perv row. Because your strip clubs in the States are slightly different to ours here. We don't have a perv row. We don't have a stage like you guys have. Oh, what do you have? It's almost a restaurant scene. Okay. And then the stitches with the poles are a mezzanine level above. So you can't touch the dancers. You can't give them a dollar bill in their panties. You don't pay the strippers while they're dancing. Oh, how do they make money? The lap dancers and the private dancers. That's why they don't take their knickers off. So when a girl in South Africa is dancing, she's on an elevated stage. She's and on she- an elevated stage on a pole. Okay, and so if Nobody I wanted to tip her a dollar, I would put, lay it on the stage or what? No, no, no. If you want to tip her, once she finishes her dance, she can walk downstairs and you can tip her. I would be okay. interested to learn how much they make in South Africa as a stripper versus how much they make in the States and see if there's a difference, significant difference in income. So I need to kind of preface this with to talk to all of the American viewers about a South African strip club. We don't have what like American strip clubs have that runway. I call it a runway. What do you mean by runway? Okay. Well, it's like everybody's sitting around the stage and there's a runway and there's a dance oh. pole there. You can tip right. them as they're dancing, but it's right. a runway on the same level. They're chasing tables around where she's dancing. South right. Africa's not like that. So picture us at Rachel's. Okay. So when we go to Rachel's, we sit down, we get a table. Mm-hmm. Rachel's has the stage right in front of us with the poles. Right. Remember how we walk up to the VIP area at Rachel's? Yes. The standard poles for a strip club here are in that VIP area. Oh, wow. So you cannot touch a dancer who's actually dancing on a pole. Wow. Okay. So what they usually do is they call it the sort of parade. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what time of the evening they'll parade the girls around. And it's between 30 and 40 girls that are dancing during the course of an evening. Mm -hmm. And there's three different stages. And all the stages are elevated above where you're sitting. Hmm. And if you so, want to see your girl, you'll see your girl dancing, and then you have to wait for her to come down. I guess that there would be a line sometimes if a girl was very popular. I'm speaking from experience. What we usually do is we go to the VIP area, mm-hmm. and they differentiate the kind of general area from the VIP area. So they split the girls. Mm-hmm. So at the club that we usually go to, there's a general area, which about, let me say, 20 or 30 girls dance in. Mm-hmm. And in the VIP areas, there's another 20 different girls. And I don't know how they differentiate the girls between the areas, mm-hmm. but once the girls are finished dancing, they'll come do a walk around. And if they come okay. walk around and you kind of nod and smile at them, then they'll come and sit with you. Hmm. But that's totally different for American and so for the women who have not been to a strip club in the States, what I have found my experience, and Lauren, you tell me if this has been yours, is every time Jason and I go together, if I get up and go to the bathroom, I'll come back and there'll be a girl sitting with him. I find that fascinating because no. I can sit there for hours and they this, won't come over. 
With, the same has happened very often with me as well. So I always ask, here I am with my curiosity again. How come you didn't come over <laughs> the whole time I was sitting here? Like, I have questions. Now, what I have heard from the girls repeatedly is that the women who come in with their men are very often not nice to the girls. Yes, that's what I've heard as well. And they're very territorial. So the girls tend not to want to dance for a couple, so to speak. Yeah, which, you know, it's one of those things. At the end of the day, whether or not your husband goes to a strip club, for me, I think the bigger issue is that he did not feel that he could trust you with the information. So, yeah, going back to that, because I want to just kind of pop back to the article. That, yes, please, please, go ahead. Yeah, that Joanna wrote, because she said the two most common reasons, and we've touched on them, is that the woman doesn't trust her partner and that she's jealous of her partner going and paying attention to another woman. Because I don't know if you've thought this or not, but sometimes I've thought about and I'm worried about the strippers being completely objectified. You mean for the stripper? Yes, for the no. stripper. Like, no, what about the stripper? Mind, no, here's the thing. She goes, uh, no, like she says, objectified, never. My experience is that more often than not, men come looking for companionship and connection. Oh, that's interesting. And most often than not, they end up talking about the person they're with. That's funny because Jason went to a strip club when I was, I don't, God knows where I was traveling, but I was traveling somewhere. And uh, he told me that he went to, he went to Rachel's actually. And we know the general manager at Rachel's. And so it's a very upscale gentleman's club in West Palm Beach. And they have the best food, by the way. Lovely no, but it food. Really is a lovely club in general for any really to kind of start taking their partner or their partner wants to go. Rachel's is probably the best one. I agree, hands down. And so whenever I tell people they have great food, they're always like, "Ooh, okay." So let's be clear: the restaurant Rachel's is very has the best date in West Palm <laughs> Says the carnivore. And anyone okay. who doesn't yet know me, while we've briefly touched on my bacon fetish, all I eat is red meat and bacon. It's ridiculous, really. She stayed with me before, and I can't even tell you. Baby Dinah really is a good, good nickname for you because yeah. I've never seen anybody consume so much animal byproduct. Anyway, but Rachel's, when you go in, the, the strip club is very separate from the restaurant. And the restaurant itself, the food is phenomenal, and the service is terrific. But what I was saying was is that Jason went when um, I was out of town one time. And when we went back together the next time, the stripper he'd been talking to said to me, oh, he told me all about you. And I, thought, I remember thinking, gosh, Jason, you're talking to a stripper. Baby, have some game. <laughs> it's like, no, but you see, that's exactly what I've just said. With this woman, most of the time, they just want a connection. And they sit and they have a connection and they talk about their spouse or their girlfriend or their current lover. And that's all they want. So it's kind of like cheap therapy. Basically, to be honest, it's probably not that cheap. You know what? It's probably less than, if, if therapy session is $100, not. It's less than a, yeah, it's less than a therapist, maybe. But right? the point is that all women think that their men go there and sort of forget about them. these women and put them on a pedestal and just go, this is looking at the most beautiful Greek goddess I've ever seen. But that's not what happens. No, no. And the other thing that I don't think that women realize, and it's hard for us as women because we can be very hard on ourselves and hard on each other, is that men don't judge us on that same scale. Yeah, I briefly wanted to touch on the scale of judgment. No, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, the scale of judging someone goes from like zero to 100. It's mm -hmm. like any kind of scale, like a mental illness scale or a autism scale. Mm -hmm. The scale runs from zero to 100, but everybody fits somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. nobody's like the rainbow 
that crosses from A to Z. When a woman or a man looks at a stripper who's with someone, there's never judging the person they're looking at against their spouse. Or you're saying there's not comparison is what you're saying. No, there's no comparison because they're looking at something else. I think you're makes- 100% right. You're right. So I know that when I look at a really gorgeous guy, I've been to the Thunder from Down Under in Vegas and some other things, right? I don't sit there and look at those men and think, oh, you know what? His butt's better than Jason, Jason or something. Yeah. Right. I don't do that. I think what a beautiful specimen there is in front of me. I Or the only time that I find that I do the comparison game is when I notice that my spouse has something nicer than the other person. Exactly that. Like if I've gone to a strip club, especially when I go with my boyfriend or whatever, we'll notice and we'll sit and we'll talk about a woman and we'll notice something better. Yeah. So my husband is like uber broad shoulders. And so if there's a really hot guy. So everybody knows, like her husband is like six foot fuck off. He has the broadest shoulders and basically looks like Superman. That's it. I married Superman. Yeah. (laughs) I carry my own personal giant with me. So there's a good imagery for everyone, right? He looks like Superman. and He's got these big, broad shoulders. So if I see a really hot guy who is, let's say that guy is five foot nine. All I notice is that Jason's taller. Not not that. shoulders. Exactly. And it's because I love him. And that's what women have to understand that when their men go to strip clubs, they're not going there to pick out a replacement for you. Okay. As we get out of here today, if you're going to do it once, my God, do it twice. And if you're going to do it twice, take fucking photos. (laughs) (laughs) It's the two hour orchids reminding you to stay tuned in and stay tuned on.